Hello and welcome to the Broadcast News Wrap, your shorthand guide to the week's TV news stories, brought to you by the Broadcast Editorial Team. I'm reporter Hannah Bowler and this week we're here to unpack Channel 4's restructure, which has seen promotions for the likes of Joe Street, Carl Warner and Ian Katz, along with the departure of Sarah Lazenby. C4 instigated the changes to execute its Future 4 strategy, with broadcaster hedging its bets on this new structure to help it shift to digital. Joining myself and broadcast editor-in-chief is Chris Curtis. To help make sense of the reshuffle, we're joined by media journalist, Channel 4 historian Maggie Brown. So on this week's News Wrap podcast, we have Chris Curtis and Maggie Brown. Uh, so welcome to you both. Thank Hi, Hannah. Uh, and we're going to be unpacking the C4 reshuffle. So I wondered if we could kind of kick off with you, Maggie. Uh, what do you make of the reshuffle? And how do you think it's going to play into their, uh, their Future 4 strategy? Well, that's the whole point. It's two months exactly almost since their Future 4 strategy was announced. And as we know, they, they were, well, it was Alex's moment really to say that they were going to pivot towards online and all four, that there was going to be a new emphasis on, if you like, entertainment and fun, and that they were basically going forward really with, with I think, in quite a difficult way, um, one foot on one pony and one foot on the other circus pony broadcast and online and trying to expand their non-advertising side as well so it was it was what I expected but it's obviously coming at a a very difficult point it's really um, a reshuffle as I see it or or, or restructuring in a number of parts Um, when I looked at it uh, the thing that also really hit me was the fact that Ian Katz, the director of programmes, now becomes director of all content. I think this is really significant. He's clearly won the confidence of Alex. They they must now have a, a fruitful partnership. And clearly he's got a lot going for him in terms of in a year when apart from all of the challenges on the, 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 the television front, they've got the Ofcom review of public service broadcasting. And Ian Katz is an incredibly fluent and good person to have arguing the case for public service broadcasting. And he really, um, I think, is very secure in the areas that always cause trouble, the news, current affairs, the, 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 the documentaries that are always just about on the line. So uh, he definitely comes through and in a way he's like a mini Charlotte Moore technically in charge of all content, as we now must call it, not just programming. So that's my first point, really. Um, in terms of, because he's added acquisitions now, which is quite a change that he's been used to before, how prepared do you think he is to add acquisitions to his to his? Well, I mean, they, he, he, he will have the f- final say. And to be honest, the way it's always worked, uh, I know that Jay Hunt when she was there, um, most definitely gave the final approval to a lot of the the big things like um, Handmaid's Tale. And it it moves from the Martin Baker commercial side to the the programme and content side, which seems to me actually pretty sensible. What you have to remember about acquisitions historically is that there's just one big criteria for them. They have to make Channel 4 money. And uh, that's the way that it's always been guided through commercial affairs through Martin Baker's uh, department and pretty successfully too. Now, whether there's going to be a slightly broader view of, of, of acquisitions because they clearly are after box sets, all the things that we've seen 
working from the uh, like the West Wing uh, in the past year, it may be that they're changing their emphasis a bit. Or again, it's it's a view that that you know commercial have got quite a lot of things on their hands already, and this. Uh, the, the programs you acquire really have a very big impact on your overall share, volume and ratings, which is what Channel 4 has got to shore up. Mm. <clears throat> the other thing that struck me about all of this, if we that there's two divisions here. There's, there's one set of reorganisations, which is really non, as you might call programming, non-creative decisions. And then there's the, the, the more commercial side of things, how things are run. When you actually look at the changes that are taking place in terms of content commissioning. What I think is so interesting is that the, the, the changes are actually coming or, or to personnel, including Sarah Lazenby, for example, who, who of course has been uh, overseeing the Great British Bake Off. What, what you actually note, or what I note, is that they've left alone the areas that earn Channel 4 the public service broadcasting brownie points. So for example, news, current affairs, drama, scripted, comedy, these are areas that their commissioning ponchos really remain the same, apart from specialist factual. Those are areas that are, are basically lost leaders for Channel 4. What is being changed or the, the operation is being changed in the popular when they're scheduled eight o'clock kind of areas it used to be called the wall of leisure but this is the area that where we've seen the daytime uh maybe commissions or more full commissions being able to translate into mainstream channel four programming and obviously have a plenty of plenty of ways of being adapted across their whole digital channel areas uh, and online so i think that when you look at it, you've got to see this through a sort of commercial perspective, really. Chris, did you want to weigh in on, on what Maggie just pointed to? Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, it, there's a couple of things going on, I think, in what they're trying to achieve. There was, there's definitely an attempt to streamline and to make things smoother and quicker. Uh, so there's fewer department heads and um, Kelly Webb Lamb's not going to be directly replaced. So all the heads of department feed straight into Ian now um there's a boost for scotland you know scotland gets a um joe street was up there doing daytime and she's added uh features and more for to her uh yes. to it, remit it, yeah well, she's significant isn't it yeah she's very experienced yes yeah i mean she looks she's incredibly well respected and i think that she has made being an out of london commissioner work as well as anyone sort of has for many, many years. And it's significant, I think, that Channel 4 have given her that extended remit. And it's a boost for Scotland and Scottish Indies that they will feel like they've got a network commissioner with the ability to put their programmes right into the heart of primetime based with them. Um, and there are slightly fewer commissioners and slightly fewer, fewer levels. I think it's it's easy to say, oh, it will streamline things and make things um, yeah. better uh, for, for, for indies and harder to actually make that happen. But they're edging in the right direction. And the other thing I think we haven't touched on yet, but I think is quite significant, um, is the, the elevation, the promotion of uh, Kiran Nataraja, who is she, um, Maggie astutely suggested that um, 
Ian Katz had become a kind of mini Charlotte Moore. Um, and if you were to read across the analogy, then uh, Kieran has become a, uh, a mini Dan McGulpin. Whether they'll thank us for calling mini versions, I don't know. But, but sh- she is the, just like Dan is at the BBC, an example of the new breed of scheduler, which is no longer someone fixated with Tuesdays at 8 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. and and fitting together the linear jigsaw, though that is still important. But their remit extends far beyond that to thinking about how and when uh, shows are dropped and the release patterns for online and the whole focus of the Future 4 strategy which, Indeed, uh, Maggie talked about at the beginning. Ultimately, it's about digital first, isn't it, Maggie? It's about going right. digital first, and that is what Kieran is now an incredibly important uh, part of that uh, a part of that strategy. And she'll be working, as I understand it, very very closely with Ian on in, on enacting it. Yes, I I totally agree. I mean, she's director of content strategy and planning, and it's not exactly putting the schedules all the old style schedules together, which is very demanding, but it's actually, as you say, looking far more strategically and how you use content and how you actually move around things. And maybe she'll, she'll, I I think she's going to have a role, especially on the digital channels as well, e-form or Mm -hmm. for, well as all for. And I also think that they clearly are uh, putting people, new people, some new people further up the, the the content chain, if you like, because they've started to trust their, or Ian trusts their judgment, I think. I think Carl Warner is another example of somebody who is on the way up in, in terms of the power league, um, not just running E4 now, but head of well, I mean, it's rather challenging thing, this, if you ask me, youth and digital, head of youth and digital. I mean, you know, it's sort of how long is a piece of string, really? Mm-hmm. And, um, he's, you know, he's, he's going to also oversee these two digital, whatever we call them, radio music channel for music. Uh, you, and and um, oh, it's Box TV. Bo- it was Box TV. Now they've got Box Channel. You can see they're trying to sort of uh, be, have a holistic view, if you like, about certain strands across channel four whether it will work I, I have you know I have no idea I often think when you have these executive restructures it's really hard for an outsider to judge whether it works or not and it's also taking place in a, an organization that is newly kind of fragmented and trying to work out the lines of communication and commissioning in a, in a different manner and I guess they've had a year really working from home and all the rest of it to sort of get uh, a sense of how, you know, the dynamics work. But I, it's a small organisation, but it's a tricky organisation to run, in my opinion. Mm. I, think I think it's a really... Oh, sorry, Chris. No, I was just going to say, I think it's a really big year for Carl and for E4. Mm. I mean, it was E4 was disproportionately affected in 2020 by the pandemic and by the reduction in ad revenues and when effectively Channel 4 kind of wound its neck in a little bit and cut its cloth accordingly. Goodness, I'm going for lots of cliches. Um, but when it, when it had to rejig what it was trying to do, E4 suffered. You know, money came out of the E4 budget. And look, it's not as though everything's rosy in the garden again from a commercial point of view, but they're back on a more of an even footing and there'll be... Uh, scrutiny and there'll be uh, interest as to what Carl's got lined up for E4. You would be hard pressed at the moment to say 
whether his strategy has succeeded or failed at E4 since he joined, because he hasn't really had the chance to enact it. Um, and I think it was 10 million, wasn't it, that was taken out. He had a boost and then he didn't have a boost anymore. Exactly. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. I think one of the, 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 the things that hasn't worked well for them is their rush to do that factual entertainment show, The, the Bridge, last autumn, which really was expensive and didn't really achieve very much as well. I think it was designed as, um, you know, a, a big pool which could feed over into other channels. But it was it was a nine o'clock Sunday night show, but it, it hasn't set anybody's kind of uh, heartbeat up. Pulse beating, and I, I guess that won't be recommissioned. The other thing that's bothering me a bit in all of this, though, is um, do, do we know if the Steph show, Pat Lunch, has has a future? I mean, that's clearly one of the daytime, perhaps dilemmas of Joe Street, and might affect her kind of um, trajectory. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I I try to watch it. Look, I think it's one of those things that I, I have a degree of sympathy for that show. There's a bit of um, there's a lot of schadenfreude in the industry, as you as as you know, uh, Maggie. And I think that that show was conceived as one thing and it had mm. to be hastily rethought and reimagined because of COVID. You know, it was yeah. a studio show. It was going to be one type of show. They had to re reimagine it and shoot it in in Steph McGovern's house, etc. It um, so ultimately it had a relatively short run in that format and that slightly took the wind out of its sails for when it then launched in the more conventional format. I'll be surprised if they don't back it. I mean, she, she was an important um, piece of talent for them to attract. And the fact that it's uh, was one of their flagship shows coming out of London, you know, being made in Leeds for the, for the um, uh, to, to chime with the nations and regions push. There's so many exterior uh, external, um, elements and factors that make me think that um, sticking with it and um, uh, giving it an extended run uh, is likely in the short term, but it will need to bed in and ultimately it will need probably to, to, to perform better if it's going to have a, um, a long-term future. I um, agree. I, I'm, all, I'm all in favour of daytime being pepped up because traditionally uh, until it kind of just became too expensive and I'm talking up to about 2009 they always had lively shows during the uh, day including live shows and they were able to top up their their share and their volume through a kind of quite happy uh, audience in the afternoons and I think that this is one of their attempts to be relevant and interesting and she has been of course joined by a sort of a, a roster of other people as well which have has sort of watered down the Steph McGovern effect, which I think is probably quite a good thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want it not to work, but we are just, I, I, I'm actually feeling, uh, I'm feeling quite sort of worried for Channel 4 for the simple reason that we, ha we are now yet again in a second lockdown or third lockdown, but in television terms, we've gone back into problems for, just, not just production, but uncertainty about the economy. And of course, as we know, advertising. And for mm. an organization 95% dependent on advertising, which did hit the floor some of the time last year, despite audiences, of course, you know, rocketing. Uh, it, it, I, I think it's the timing is just so difficult to be um, arguing for a, a changed organization and for increased uh, dependency on other things, including that, that kind of share of the value of factual formats, if they can get them off the air with, with partners. So I, 
I, I, I, I wish Alex actually all the best. I mean, she's going to need a lot of courage, I think, this, um, this year. And of course, we don't know. I'm assuming that the Great British Bake Off is going to be, that the, the contract will be renegotiated. And then they've got their 40th anniversary to, well, I hope to prepare for next year. So, um, you know, one would like to think that they come out with uh, the kind of hits which people start talking about all over again. I mean, obviously, they've got Russell T. Davis doing great wonders for their image, but they, they, they are, I think, in a, in a tight corner, really. I wonder how, um, how the, their restructure and their reshuffle kind of compares to what the BBC uh, did last year and also a bit earlier on ITV. I wonder if there's anything that they could learn from their yeah, restructures or, or, or what to do. Yeah, look, I don't, I, I don't think it, any of the PSBs are far enough advanced on their digital revolution to be able to sort of offer a template yet to, um, to the others. Um, it is significant. Maggie mentioned at the beginning of this conversation about Channel 4 trying to ride two ponies and by which she means trying to still maintain a, a, a strong performing linear schedule and transition towards digital being digitally first uh, uh, with the same content, doing the same jobs on both on both platforms. That's exactly the challenge that the BBC and ITV are sort of grappling with as well. And they're at various different, different stages on it. What I would say is the fact that all three of the PSBs have, there's a degree of commonality in their strategies. It tells you that those organizations understand that they cannot simply stick their head in the sand when it comes to the change in viewing habits. And it's easy to, it's always been easy to overstate um, in the short term, the sort of transition to digital, but it's also easy to underestimate it in the long term. There is the, the, the genie's out the bottle. Things are only going one way. Um, it, 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 there's no, we're not going back. Uh, uh, we're we're going to be moving forward quickly towards an increasingly on-demand future. And they they have to be brave, as Maggie said, and embrace this um, in order that they don't just get left behind. But it is going to be a bumpy ride because I suspect they'll inevitably have to, I, I suspect they'll inevitably lose, leave pounds behind, advertising pounds behind as they, as they transition this way, Maggie, wouldn't you say? Um, well, I, I think, I think so. And uh, I also noted at the bottom of their, um, their statement yesterday, they were looking, unless I misread it for a new technology director, mm -hmm. which, and, uh, they they most definitely when they talk about you know product it's it's really and in fact this moves on to what I actually wanted to talk about as well the the fact is that one of the big changes here really after you've looked at the commissioning side is is the operational side the all four product side the business data management side the interface between the people who crunch the data and then use it for commercial decisions and then how that feeds back into the selection of programming, but also most importantly now, the kind of um, packages or program uh, links that you put together, segments, so that you, you, you actually target the kind of 
audiences with the things that you know because your data tells you uh, that this is what they will like. I mean, that's the more sophisticated version, which then allows you to serve up the adverts in that little split second between, you know, calling up a show and actually getting to watch it. And it strikes me that this is where uh, they've got um, uh, uh, this this uh, marketing director, who's now um, Zayed Al Kassab. On, on the chief executives uh, committee uh, i mean he's he's overseeing um, a lot of this um, a kind of development really and uh, that that's the that's the key for them really they are losing um, if you like uh, audiences from the broadcast side somewhat faster than they're actually managing to recruit them on the digital side where they have um, the awful side where they have huge competition from all of the streamers uh, so they have to find a way of uh, being sophisticated with the way that they offer their, their box sets or their programming mm. uh, and how they market it. And I've, I've been very impressed, actually. I mean, it, it's encompassing even, you know, the presentation of, of Channel 4 when it does an 80s thing. It, it does an 80s kind of uh, surround, of, of goes back to the old logo, that kind of thing. This is all very... Um, interesting. It's, it's sort of jazzing itself up a bit. It's being. Did it make you nostalgic, Maggie? Did it make you nostalgic? <laughs> it did make me nostalgic, actually. I've got a book here for of, of how the logo was done. But but what I'm trying to say is that uh, it's not really known for live broadcasting, but it's actually trying to um, present a sort of a te- a bit of a tease as well some of the time alongside. And I have to say this, the thing that really, I, I, why I actually just wish the best for Channel 4, really the best at this point, I think Channel 4 News has done an extremely good job over the past year. And it was, look at the, 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 the a deputy chief medical officer for England yesterday. I mean, he was absolutely wonderful handling all the questions and answers and answering them from 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 a very good selection palette of, uh, of viewers and Channel Four News has really, uh, to my mind, for, despite the fact it's on a constrained budget, uh, I, I really I, I think come to its come come into its own over the past few months, despite the hostility which is now abating from uh, prime ministers and 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 uh, cabinet ministers and and the Conservative Party. I I, I I've I'm very, very pleased, actually, with the way the ratings have gone up for that. But what that then means is that the features side has to come in at eight o'clock and really ramp up the audiences. And this is partly what this is also about, how you find the new things at eight o'clock. It might be, you know, programs on Devon and Cornwall because everybody wants to sort of escape to a beach. But they have to actually keep thinking in so many different ways at the moment of, 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 of holding on to audiences and then tempting them in. Right. I thought kind of to, to wrap up, maybe we could talk briefly about how uh, this fits in with the indie sector and, and how do you uh, think that they have taken the changes? Does it affect them or um, do they have to work out how to work within this new framework or um, do you think mm. it will kind of be business as usual? I think that that's a good question and I don't think we know the answer yet as as we talked about previously the BBC is also talking about making iPlayer the front door and 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 commissioning in a different way what indies haven't yet aren't yet clear on I don't believe is the extent to which that needs to inform their creative development 
And I interviewed Alex May on at the turn of the year, and and she seemed to she said she said we don't know we're investigating. She thought that it was it, it wouldn't fundamentally change the DNA of what makes a good Channel Four idea, but that there are within you know on an individual program basis that there might be some finessing in terms of um, what is it that you can do to a show to make it more bingeable. Um, in terms of hooks towards the end of episodes or, or whatever it might be, or thinking less about um, uh, recaps around ad break junctions and, th- and sort of subtle little things like that. I don't think indies are out there thinking, okay, Channel 4 has gone digital first, therefore that idea that I had crafted that I really thought was going to work for them as a faction entertainment format isn't going to do the job for them anymore but I suspect there'll be some polishing some tweaking going on Um, and if I were a production company going in to see a channel for a commissioner at the moment I would be finding ways to talk up whether they're legitimate or not, the the, the elements uh, in my idea that I think make it suitable for um, online viewing. And the analysis that we did um, around the turn of the year showed that lots of the Channel 4, top-rated Channel 4 shows of 2020 were older formats. um, And um, the C4 gets a little bit of a hard time for that. And probably justifiably so but by the same token you can't really argue with something like police custody going absolute gangbusters um however many series in um but there were some things like murder in the outback and like deadwater fell where you could point to them and say they rated really well last year and they are precisely you know true crime deep dive into a single case in the in murder in the outback and then a sort of plot driven thriller in this in the shape of Deadwater Fell, that you would say those two could act as um uh indicators of direction of travel for the type of content that C4 will look to be ordering as it transitions to digital. I also think that we forget that actually the the current regime inherited a really strong uh, hand from the Jay Hunt and David Abraham era. When you look back on it, as my book does, my history, um, you, you, you notice how they, there are many really strong programs that are still doing really well. Of course, Friday Night Dinner was already there, but they, they, they've added to it with things that people really love um, and, and can, can uh, go on being repeated. And I think that this heritage side is always very, very useful because... Uh, it is all in the kind of DNA of, of Channel 4, and it's not a bad thing for people to be reminded about it. And, of course, people like to laugh as well. So when you do have another in-betweeners coming up or whatever they find, uh, that will continue uh, to appeal wherever it's available. I mean, there is a view that, to be absolutely frank, it, it it's not so much where something appears or how it's broadcast or or put online it's actually what the idea is and what the what the what the program is what what is it what is the content that people want to watch and what makes it so attractive and i think that we do have to bear that in mind regardless of how it's delivered on the other hand they they will have to go on updating their technology i mean when you compare sadly all four with watching uh some of the more sophisticated streamers um you can see the 
the, the journey that is required really just to sort of keep up. Channel 4 has got to have to, I think, accept that it is a quirky minority channel, it, but it can be really interesting and it can be very British. And one of the big advantages now if they get it right, is that we will have all these voices and interesting insights coming from all over the country. Great. I was going to just say before we leave and why I have you both, um, we do a thing each week where we say what we've been watching. Um, and I thought maybe it might be good to kind of keep it in the C4 realm. So I wondered if maybe Chris, Maggie, you could tell me what have you been watching on C4 at the moment? Oh, well, I, I really like The Great. Um, I think it's really naughty. As I said, I've been watching a lot of uh, Channel 4 News. Last night, I was there for Jonathan Van Tan, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer for England. Um, and I, I just make a point, really, of, of seeing if there's anything I want to watch. I quite like their, uh, their, their, their Devon and Cornwall programme, to be absolutely honest. And, of course, I've been watching, which I think is superb, It's a Sin. I mean, I'm really pleased to see Russell T. Davis, not just back in form, but also, you know, oddly making drama that is just moving and funny. But it also really fits well into an advertising-funded channel because you have all these vignettes of the different characters. Yeah, um, and for, for me... Hannah, as you know, I've got a new little baby in the house at the moment. So I generally go to bed at about uh, quarter to ten uh, in an attempt to um, be refreshed so that I can attack the day in the mornings uh, um, for, for broadcast. C4-wise, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I have really been enjoying the recent run of um, Police Custody. I just think to have a documentary series which has been running for so long that feels so sort of close to the action there was a recent i think it was a two-parter um uh with a with a woman who appeared to be a bit of a victim and then as the as the the episode transpired you realized that she was a slightly troubled woman but a very manipulative woman um and quite a dangerous woman and it was it, it, it was as compelling as a, a any sort of drama so um props to the garden um and to channel four for keeping um police custody at the at the top of its game but um yeah hopefully i can um watch a little bit more channel four as uh, my baby starts to sleep a little bit better um well thank you both for joining um joining on the podcast today it was lovely hearing your thoughts getting you to unpack quite big news at channel four so thank you so much cheers hannah thank you thanks maggie thanks for listening to the broadcast news wrap I'm reporter Hannah Bowler, and you've been listening to broadcast editor-in-chief Chris Curtis and C4 historian Maggie Brown. You can check out past episodes of the pod on Spotify and iTunes or on the website via www.broadcastnow.co.uk.